0: I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. We're going to read verse 37 through 39. The Word of God says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and I want you to pray with me and for me in this place. Father, we love you. Hila da We praise you, Lord God, for the presence of your spirit that we have felt in this place today. I'm asking you right now, Lord God, that as we, Lord, stand refreshed in this blessing, in this moment, that you would continue even now to lead us by your spirit, your direction, God, into what we would do, Lord Jesus, from here. That, Father, your anointing will be upon the word that will be preached, upon this word that will come forth. That your anointing will be upon the messenger who will bring forth this word. And, Heavenly Father, for your anointing upon every person, every individual person that will hear this word today. That, Father, we will be impacted by you. We will be changed. I pray right now, Heavenly Father, for you to... Fire up those who are lukewarm. Lord God, for you to move in the backsliders' heart and cause them to return unto you and surrender anew their life to you. And Father, for those that are not saved and do not know you, that today you will draw them to salvation. Hallelujah. By this word, by your presence, by your will in this house, We ask you for this right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you would go ahead and, Amen, play the first portion of this. Brother Fred, if you'll, the lights. This uh, I chose these clips of these videos, Brother Davis and, and Sister Ashley helped me with these. This passage of Scripture today, if I was going to title my message, it would be this. There are two ships, one that's unsinkable and one that's unstoppable. Matthew chapter 24 and verses 37 through 39 tell of what I believe we are living in the world as we are today. We're living in a time when everybody feels like everything is going to be all right in spite of the reality that God has given us clear warnings of everything that he has prophesied in his word that was going to come to pass. I felt led of the Lord, and I'm not hoping nobody feels like in any way, shape, or form that I am reaching out for gimmicks, gimmicks or anything like that, but I felt like God stirred this in my heart that there's a message that's relevant for us today in the story of the Titanic. The message of the Titanic, there's, and that sounds way hot on me, is that, I mean, maybe it's just in my ears, amen, but, but, uh, and I'm just going to keep going, like I said, tell everybody, as long as I don't see your hair waving at me, amen, then I'll figure you're okay, amen. But the message of the Titanic, the thing that we need to understand, there was some stuff that happened in the Titanic that I think is relevant for us In the world today is the church. If we look at the Titanic as a symbol of the church, amen, there's some things that took place on that night, amen, in April, uh, in that year when the Titanic went down and when she sank. And the reality is there's a lot of things, Brother Lance, that mirror how we are in the church today. I chose to have Brother Davis find the video of the men playing on the deck As the Titanic was going on, because I'll be honest with you today, I feel like, in a large portion, a large part of how we do things, Sister Molly, uh, that, that that is exactly what we are doing in the church today. Do you understand that the people on that ship were doomed? Amen. The ship was sinking already. And what was happening there is these men were just standing on the deck playing music to make people feel better about the inevitable end that they were getting ready to die. Amen. I want you to just stop and think about that for a second. The, what they were doing was not going to help anybody to survive the night. Amen. But what they were doing was simply trying to help them feel better about their circumstance while they were getting ready to go through their circumstances. Can I tell you something tonight? I believe in a large way that that the modern church the world the what the world has come to experience as the church today that the modern church uh, is doing exactly the same thing we're not saving anybody We're not reaching out and giving anybody any answers. In fact, I would submit to you this morning that there's a lot of places where people are going and they're going to church and they're going through the motions, but they're leaving in the same condition that they came in the doors with, amen. They they can come to church year after year, and I'm not gonna throw any names out today. I don't believe in doing that. It's not necessary to throw names out or anything like that. What is necessary is that we address people in the condition, Condition that they're in with the sin that is in their life and give them the remedy to walk away for to be set free to have the change and the bondage of that sin taken off of them so that they can turn away from their sinful life and be redeemed. Amen. But you're not doing anybody any good when you just bring people into the house and you're prepared to tell them week after week, month after month, year after year that everything is fine in your life. Nothing needs to change. You can keep Living the same old way that you've been living, you can have the same carnal mindset, you can have the same outlook on life, and everything's gonna be fine because one of these days the ship's gonna make it to port and God's gonna welcome everybody in. Well, I got news for you there's a lot of people that aren't fine, amen. There's a lot of people that have never come to that point where they have recognized I am a sinner in need of a savior, I am somebody that was born into sin, I am in sin, and I I need help to get out of the mess that I'm in. Come on somebody. The truth of the matter is this morning uh, that there are a lot of people who are desiring to be counseled out of their circumstance, uh, to have somebody to give them an answer that can say you're fine just the way you are. Hear me my friend this morning, the reality comes down to this simple truth. We are not fine just the way we are. We need a savior. Amen. We need need the mercy of God. We need the grace of God. We need the covering of God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it is wrong when all we do is stand on the deck uh, and play familiar hymns and familiar worship songs. Uh, and we just try to get everybody to feel good about coming to church. Don't get me wrong. I like it when I feel good going to church. Uh, I think we ought to feel good about coming to church, Brother Jerry. But I got news for you. There are some times uh, when we come into the house of God, that the Word of God needs to take us by the hand, walk us over in front of the mirror of the Holy Spirit, and let the Word of God illuminate to us uh, and shine a light on the things in our life uh, that are separating us from God. Come on now. I know that people don't like this this type of mindset in the world today, but it still comes down to this. We serve a holy God. Amen. God is still holy. And in his word, he still demands for his people, Brother Tim, our view, to follow him in holiness and in truth. Amen. And we can't separate as much as we try. You cannot separate living holy and living for Christ. They are one in the same. Amen. And the more of the flesh you let in, the less of God you're going to have in. Come on, somebody. I know sometimes people will say, well, that's just so simple-minded fundamental preaching well I got news for you tonight amen the truth comes down to this there the God is sounding the alarm the Lord is reaching out he's showing us in every circumstance I want you to think about this for a second this morning Noah's ark and I know we've preached on that here so this won't be new news to you but I'm going to reiterate it again today Noah built that ark it took depending on which commentary you look at between 70 and 90 years for him to build the ark. Amen. That was a warning generation by generation, decade by decade as this thing started off as just the bottom floor, the bottom part of the boat laying out on the dirt and then being built and erected into an entire ship standing in front of them. Every board that was put on there was another warning. Judgment is coming. Every prophecy that we see fulfilled on the news uh, everything that is taking place in the world and in the United States uh, is another board of the prophecy being raised up right in front of us. Uh, and you know what's happening today? We have come to a place, uh, Sister Moak, where we are comfortable ignoring the warnings. Come on, somebody. I was talking to Brother Floyd the other day, and I said I've thought about this for years as a preacher. Back when I was a young preacher with dark hair, I used to think, Lord, when the things begin to start. Start happening As the word of God says they'll happen, surely it'll be easy for the pastors to build a congregation to look for the Lord. Surely the church houses, Brother DeGrave, will be full, amen. As we see the word of God, the warnings declared, but just like the great ship, the Titanic. Did you know tonight the Titanic had seven warnings about the iceberg before they struck the iceberg? One ship had even sent the message just that said we are surrounded by ice we have stopped moving for the night and we're going to set and wait until the sun rises so we can navigate the seas the titanic ignored every warning and pushed on full speed ahead up until she rammed into the iceberg amen i'm going to tell you something we've already hit the iceberg in the time frame of god i need to throw this in just for good measure I praise God that we are a spirit-filled people. I'm not beating up on nobody. I'm not talking about people who aren't like us. But I praise God this morning that we're a Holy Ghost-filled people because we should have the ability to discern what's coming our way in the spiritual eyes of God. Come on, somebody. Will somebody help me preach in the house for a little bit this morning? Amen. We should, as Pentecostal and spiritual people, be able to discern the time and to see things coming our way. Yep. But you know what? There's a lot of people, even in our Pentecostal movement, that we literally have just left the spiritual eyes in the locker. Come on, somebody. I'm making a reference to the fact that the night the Titanic hit the iceberg, the men in the crow's nest didn't have binoculars. <laughs> They were up on the crow's nest in the night. Now watch this now. The Bible or the Bible. <laughs> history says, we'll get to the Bible in a minute. Amen. History says that the seas were particularly calm that night. Now, you might think to yourself, if you're like me, I don't have a lot of experience on the ocean, I don't have a lot of experience driving a boat at at sea, amen, so when I would first read that, Sister Diane, I would think, well, that's a good thing, calm seas means a good thing, amen, unless you understand that when there's calm seas, there's no breaking of the water up against the iceberg. So with the naked eye, as you look out into the dark in front of you, there's nothing to stand out and nothing to give you a warning that you're coming up on something that is your impending doom amen when the seas are rough and the waves crash on the iceberg it makes white caps and the people in the crow's nest could look out and see them what are you saying preacher I'm telling you that calm seas can sometimes mask an enemy that is out to destroy you I'm telling you that there are many in the modern church that because time are good we got plenty of food in the refrigerator we're fat and sassy we get to take our vacations we get to live like life like nothing's wrong we think everything is fine but those with discernment can understand everything is not fine it's not what it appears to be Amen. man there is something coming our way that's gonna sink our boat hallelujah and it's the, it's the pro- prophecy of God. It's the reality of the coming of the Lord. And those who are ready are going to go meet him and will be saved. But those who do not know him and those who ignore him are risking losing their eternal life. Come on, somebody. The Titanic motored on through the night like there was no danger ignoring every warning that they ever had given to them. History tells us that at about 1055 on that night, she slammed into the iceberg. Now watch this. We realize and know from history that there was a grave tactical error on the people who were trying to steer her when they saw the iceberg. They said the Titanic was unsinkable. And so when they saw the iceberg, they immediately ordered the engines to full speed in reverse and cut her hard to the left. Now, I could go into all the starboard and all that stuff and the port and bow and everything, but you know what? She went left. Amen. We'll just call it that. I'm like my wife when it comes to that stuff, when it comes to east, south, and west. She'll ask me for directions, and I'll say, well, you need to go north, and she'll say, start over, amen. Okay, you need to make a right turn, amen, and you go to this landmark and make a left turn. She's just not interested in that. Well, I'm not interested in port and starboard and all that stuff, amen. I know at times it will be handy, but it's not necessary for this morning in this church. We're not in the ocean, amen, at this moment. But so they cut the ship to the left, and as they did, the ship slid lit up and banged into the iceberg and what it did is it cut holes and it actually sheared they now know that they thought for years it cut a 300 foot cut down her side but now they know that when they hit the ship into the iceberg they had used cheaper in order to cut money I could preach a whole message on there ain't no easy way to get to God amen but uh, the the cheap uh, substandard rivets popped and broke loose and panels tore loose and exposed the ship, and that's one of the ways she went down, but watch this now. Sister Molly, if they would have just hit the iceberg head on like she was designed, there's a good chance that the history books would be different. It would tell how the mighty Titanic was able to hit an iceberg and still make its way to safety, but because they turned in the wrong direction and they did what they was never designed to do with that ship, it brought her to the ground say preacher what has that got to do with us I'm here to tell you that God never told us in his word to avoid the world he never told us to run but he has told us like a mighty army you go forward amen you storm the gates of hell you take back from the enemy what he has stolen from you you are anointed with power amen yes it might be a fight once in a while but can I tell somebody today we need to quit being afraid of the enemy and start believing in the power of our God to save us and deliver us in every circumstance and in every single situation amen the men were up in the crow's nest and they didn't have the binoculars they were trying to look out and they couldn't see and literally brother Hunter until they were right up on top of the iceberg they didn't see it in the dark now watch this They hit the iceberg. They they, they glanced off of the iceberg, went by it. Most of the people on the ship never knew that what had actually happened, to the point that after they came up, many of them come up on the deck. They knew something had happened. The ship had stopped. They didn't realize what had happened. They came up, and on the deck, the, the, the history tells us that there were chunks of ice from the iceberg that had fallen off on the deck when she went by and slammed into the iceberg. People literally were taking and breaking the ice up and putting the chunks in their drinks. People were some of them were kicking the ice around and playing an ad hoc game of ice hockey while they were out there using the ice as pucks on the deck of the ship. Inside in the dining rooms People were standing around eating their, their, their great meals and dancing and listening to the music and laughing and just carrying on, kind of like what the Lord said about it's going to be when the coming of the Lord, everybody's going to be acting like nothing has changed and nothing is wrong. Come on, somebody. But all around them, even though they were laughing, even though they were having a good time, even though they were unaware, huh, the course had already been set the decisions have already been made and the direction of the Titanic was irreversible at that moment. The truth of the matter comes down to this. She wouldn't survive the night. I got news for you. This modern church that professes Jesus Christ but does not have his power is not going to survive, amen. It's not going to stand. Those who are wrapped up in a lie, those who do not understand, it's not about what I get out of it. It's not about what can, it's good for me, but it's about me understanding I need to be saved and when I get saved I owe my life to him it's not about me getting what I want but it's about me serving the king of kings and the lord of lords it's about my life being in his will not my will I wish somebody could get a hold of the idea that it's not about my will it's about his will it's not about our will it's about his will hallelujah hallelujah but I'm afraid, Brother Tim, that just like in the night of the Titanic, while the ship was going down, people are standing around. And I'm going to be, this is going to sound mean. I don't mean it to be ugly or mean. I just mean it as a warning and a wake-up, if I can put it that way. I believe there are a lot of Christian church environments that people are, they're, 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 there's nothing to help them. All we have is we, we're worshiping good. Can I tell you something tonight? I'm going to get behind the pulpit to say this part god doesn't care how good our worship is he don't care really even what kind of songs we sing as long as they give glory and honor to him he don't care if we hit all of the right notes he don't care if we're happy with the worship what he cares about is that the worship will do what it's designed to do will the worship entertain you or will the worship change you come on somebody Will the worship entertain you, or will the worship change you? You say, well, what do you mean, Brother Mixon? Well, see, if worship just entertains you, you you can get that at any concert. You can get that, you know. I was talking to Big Mo after we went and and we had dinner with them Friday, and I shared with them a a real-life experience that I had back when I was in the world. I was at a Willie Nelson concert, and everybody was, man, just going along and and drinking and having having what we thought was a good time. And and, and, and you know, being that it was a Willie Nelson concert, there was plenty of smoke in the air. Amen. Some of you know what I mean. Some of you, you don't need to know what I mean. Amen. But there was plenty of smoke in the air. And, and uh, everybody's partying and having a great time. Brother Melvin, they get to a certain place in the concert. He's got a, stu- a bar stool up there with a bottle of whiskey on it. And he stops, changes the kind of the mood and the tone of the night. And he starts playing on his guitar and leads everybody in that concert into Amazing Grace. Now while he's singing Amazing Grace, everything began to change. These people that were high and drunk and everything else began to cry. Some of them had their hands up. They probably had a church background. Maybe a Pentecostal background they were they 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 were all just you just watched it go from a from a concert almost to a church service right like that watch now he got done with the end of amazing grace now I was aggravated I wasn't crying I wasn't worshiping cuz he was ruining my high come on somebody because I'd been in church my whole life. I knew this wasn't right. And I wasn't there to be in church. I was there to not be around mom and grandma and all of them. I was there to not be convicted. I was there to just be free to be a sinner. Am I making any sense? I, I know some of them are oh, man, and then God called him to preach. Yes, God called me to preach. Amen. I've tried to tell you I'm not that good. You need to listen to me. Amen. And, uh, but but I sat in there, and I'm like, man, you're just ruining my high here. Get this thing over with. Because I wasn't going to, in the condition I was in, I knew enough to know I don't need to be trying to fake this and, and be trying to pray right now because I didn't mean it. I felt guilty, Brother Floyd. I felt bad about it, but I just wanted it over, amen. He finally come to the end of the psalm. He picked up and took a a drink of his bottle of whiskey and then went into singing his old song, Whiskey River, Take My Mind, amen. And I'll never forget, even today, as a pastor, all these years, 40 years later, I can tell you I remember what happened and that has stuck in my mind ever since then, Brother John Riddle. I don't care what anybody says, you can go to church and you can be entertained or you can go to church and you can worship God. But if you come to worship God, True worship will change your life, amen, when you are really getting into the flow of the Holy Spirit of God. You say, what does that mean, preacher? I'm telling you that I believe that we are susceptible, amen, not guilty, but susceptible that the right songs in the right arrangement can get anybody's emotions and get you to think you're okay. How many know tonight, those people that were raising their hands and crying, amen, when Willie Nelson was singing amazing grace uh, were just as unsaved at the end of that song uh, as they was at the beginning of that song uh, you can come in and get emotional somebody needs to help me preach right now i said you can come in a church uh, and you can get emotional and you can have a religious moment but when it's all over with you haven't changed you're still uh, you got a hard heart you got a critical spirit you haven't surrendered your your, your grudges you still hold things against people you come to the end of the service and you go home and you've never been changed but my friend i got news for you when you're worshiping god the holy spirit of god will come into your heart and he will rearrange the furniture of your heart and your mind he'll take over and he'll make you ready to hear what he will say to you when he brings forth the word and when the holy ghost moves come on somebody And that is worship. But so many times, we're just like that old ship Titanic. We're barreling through the night, and we got the band playing, and we're making people feel good about who they are. And all we're doing is we're helping them feel better about dying. Oh, come on. I know that's a heavy hit right there, but it's the truth. We're just making people feel better about the condition they're in. And the fact of the matter is what we ought to be doing is trying to get them to the lifeboats. What we ought to be doing is trying to get them out of the impending cold grave that is coming their way and get them into life and life eternal. If you would, Sister Ashley, bring up this next portion of the video. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus. One of the tragedies of the Titanic That is just like the church today The Titanic had lifeboats But she didn't have enough She left the harbor with literally only enough capacity on the lifeboats that under perfect circumstances, if they could have got every boat completely filled to capacity, only 53%, just roughly over half of the people on on the ship would have had a chance at all of surviving. Almost 50%, 47% of the rest of of the church was doomed to die because there was just not enough lifeboats. And you know why? That decision was made. The Titanic was equipped to carry plenty of lifeboats to carry more than her capacity to have passengers and crew on board. But you know why, Brother Liam, that they didn't have enough boats? Because there was a marketing decision that was made. And they said, people don't pay to see lifeboats. They don't pay to look at lifeboats. They pay to look at the grandeur of the ship, and they pay to look at the ocean around them. So they made the decision, we're not going to laden our decks down with a bunch of lifeboats. Can I tell you something tonight? God, help me as I say this. There's a whole lot of places that are in buildings with doors over names over the doors, calling them a church. Amen. And they're so worried about what people think when they look at them. They're so interested in the marketing side of it, amen. They're more interested in, well, will will this attract people in? Do we look pleasing and, and can we do all of these things? And they're not nearly as worried about the reality that we need to be a place that offers a lifeboat. Come on, somebody. We need to be a place that when the lost come in, they can be found. We need to be a place that when people that are doomed come in this door, we can offer them a second chance. Oh, come on, somebody. We can give them a second chance at life. I'm going to tell you something else that was a tragedy, much like the modern church. uh, The lifeboats that were on the Titanic, many of them were never even deployed and never made. They sunk with the Titanic still anchored to the Titanic. Many of the lifeboats that were dropped uh, were less than half of the capacity. Some only even up to 5% of their capacity was dropped. Uh, Amen. One boat had 12 people in it. They would Seat 65, 12 people paddled the boat off, leaving the rest of them. Amen. They had dropped and they did all these things. And one of the main reasons that the few lifeboats, the less than necessary lifeboats that were there, did not work is because the people on board the ship had never operated the lifeboat system. The Titanic, Brother Lance, was built with a brand new high speed deployment system and they never trained the crewmen how to take the lifeboats off and deploy them in an emergency. Watch this now. It was standard practice that once the ship was boarded with all of the passengers, they would go through a lifeboat drill. They made the decision, the captain of the ship made the decision, I don't want to trouble my wealthy guests and hinder them and hinder their time. We don't want them to be thinking about, after all, we don't need lifeboats. The Titanic is a lifeboat under Itself, We don't need lifeboats on a ship that can't be sunk. Oh, come on. Y'all need to hear what I'm getting ready to tell you. There's no need. It's just excess. Can I tell you something tonight? That there's a lot of people who just don't never believe that anything bad can happen. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on moving forward. We're going to keep on just doing what we've been doing. And we don't have to worry about what the future holds. God's been talking about coming back for all of these generations. He's not going to come back in my generation. Preacher, what you need to do is worry about building a bigger crowd. Don't make nobody mad. Don't tell nobody what they should or shouldn't do. You just have good music. You just have everybody have a good time. Make your church service be like a party and everybody will keep inviting people and the church will keep growing. But I got news for you this morning. There's a Sinking coming our way. There's a judgment coming our way. Like the Titanic was judged by the iceberg. This whole world is getting ready to be judged. Amen. Jesus Christ is our Savior, but He's also the righteous judge, and He has spoken what is gonna happen. And those who are gonna obey Him and call out to Him will be redeemed, but those who do not will be lost. I if if nobody hears anything else the preacher says, I want people to to know that the Lord is coming and today is the day we need to be telling our families we need to be telling strangers we need to be alerting the world that the Lord is coming and he is coming soon can somebody give him some praise in this place hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. sometimes we think well you know those kind of things uh, they can't happen to us. We won't have to worry about those things, preacher, because they they just won't happen to us. I got news for you. 2 Peter chapter 2 and 4 it says that God did not spare the very angels, but cast them into hell. He will not spare man when we turn and we sin against God. We, we like to believe, and there are even churches that will teach and preach and steer our doctrines to tell you that, you know what, you, you just don't have to worry about God because he's such a good, loving God. He is a good, loving God. He's so Loving that he sent his only begotten son. That all you had to do is believe on him to be saved. Hallelujah. But we can't keep just going on, Sister Lisa, like everything's the same as it's always been. I'm talking to preachers right now. I'm talking about pastors right now. We can't just keep driving the boat like it's never going to go down. We can't just keep acting like those that are put into our care it really doesn't matter because we have to keep appearances, play the last uh, last video, amen. Hallelujah. Captain Smith was set to retire after the Titanic's voyage. Captain Smith never made it to retirement because he did, in fact, the movie was accurate in that portrayal that Captain Smith did actually go down with the Titanic. I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a lot of pastors. I'm not trying to be mean. God help me. Lord knows I'm not mean in my spirit right now. But we we need to understand there's a lot of pastors who are just wrapped up into keeping things looking good even though around us the world you don't have to be a theologian to understand you know brother hunter's working and developing and to become a a a a, an apologist a christian apologist and i praise god for that calling all his life but you don't have to be a christian apologist to understand the wheels are coming off of this wagon there's trouble in the land and it's not anything that a politician's going to fix and it's not anything that, uh, you know, anybody, the, the, the reality is God has spoken. The die has been set things are going to go the way they're going to go and there's going to be a church that looks like a church on the outside but offers no redemption on the inside but then there's also going to be the remnant of Christ the church that is still the church that has a life-changing power of Jesus Christ you know what the word tells us in second peter chapter 3 the word tells us that in the last days in fact it said this be aware watch because in the last days there will be those who will come around and hear Here's what they're going to say. They're going to say, since the time of the forefathers, we've been talking about the coming of the Lord. Since way back when we've been hearing about all these judgmental things. So you need to just ignore all of that and just live your life like there is no tomorrow and like you can just just enjoy because judgment's probably not ever going to come. The Bible warns us that in the last days there will be, well, how many understand today that's exactly what's going on and that is the thing that has deceived many of God's people. I said at the beginning of this message that I talked to Brother Floyd and I can remember remember thinking, man, surely in the last days the church will be full, Brother Brandon. We won't have a spare seat as people watch uh, the prophecies be fulfilled. And yet, here we are in that time frame and all across the world and especially in the United States, churches are struggling uh, to get people, even the large churches are struggling to keep people coming to church. Why? Because there is such a spirit of deception. We've been so distracted by the comforts of life. We've been so distracted distracted by it just seems like it's never going to end but my friend I've come to sound the alarm it's coming to an end we are getting close to the end of this thing and we need to be saved hallelujah there's another story that took place on the Titanic that night as Captain Smith's crew and many of the passengers were going into their death, there was a man named John Harper. If you've heard of John Harper, then you know where I'm going with this. If you haven't heard of John Harper, then allow me to introduce him to you this morning. John Harper was a preacher, a Scottish preacher, who was on his way to the Moody Institute to preach. He had been invited to preach at the Moody Institute in Chicago. Sister Melvin, he had boarded the Titanic with his little girl, to go all the way to Chicago to preach. So he was on the ship that fateful night when she went down. But here's what happened. You see, John was on the Titanic, but he was also on another ship. He was on the gospel ship. He was on the great ship of Zion. Zion. He was on a ship. They said the Titanic couldn't sink. Well, guess what? She sank, amen. Reporters of the day even declared, Brother Moe, that even God can't sink the Titanic. Huh? Well, guess what? It didn't take God. It just took a chunk of ice floating in the North Atlantic, amen, to bring the mighty Titanic down. But this man was not just a passenger on the ship Titanic. This man had his man his name on another manifest, uh, and that was a God's life book, amen, the book of life because he belonged to Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the story tells us the history and all of the eyewitnesses say that when John Harper, he got his daughter to one of the men to load her on the lifeboat. He could have gotten on the lifeboat as her father, as the only parent on the ship with her. But he handed his daughter to the man, said make sure that she stays on this lifeboat. He turned around and went back to the deck of the Titanic. And his sole purpose while he was on this ship as she was plunging into the cold ocean 28 degrees was the temperature of the salt water that night I don't know if you've ever been out in some cold water but I can tell you that's some cold water amen and as the ship drove itself down under the water he was going about the decks and coming up to total strangers and saying are you saved amen and anybody that would say no and would give him the opportunity he would tell them he would quote out of believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and he would lead them to the Lord he stayed with the Titanic until it went down and then he went swimming around in the ocean coming up to total strangers in the dark of the night coming up to them as they struggled for their life and would ask them are you saved many of them turned away from him he would swim off to the next person he came to one young man floating on a chunk of wood and he said are you saved no do you want to be no he swam on away but he came back by later he was almost already dead from the cold and exhaustion but he asked the man one more time are you saved the young man told him no and if and then the, this is the young man's testimony he said as he asked me one more time if I was saved and if I knew God he turned away and he slipped off the man said no and he didn't accept that he said but as you watched him die he was floating alone in two miles deep of ocean water he looked up into the sky and he said that night because of the witness of John Harper I called upon the Lord and he said Jesus I believe in you and I accept you as my Lord and Savior this man would later testify and he would declare that I was John Harper's last convert on this world I've come to tell somebody this morning amen that's the essence of who we need to be we're in a world that is going down we're surrounded by people that are getting ready to face their doom and their judgment amen but just like john harper we need to mirror jesus christ as we're reaching out to them and giving them an opportunity for life one more time i have one picture i'm going to ask sister ashley to bring up and show us in case you can't make it out from there it's a picture of jesus christ reaching down into the water it's a picture of him reaching down to pull up peter as he had come out of the boat just as john harper reached out to george henry cavill matthew 14 and 25 through 32 tells the story when jesus was walking on the water the disciples were in another boat jesus had went out to meet them the bible says that as christ came they got afraid and he reached out to them and spoke and said it's i be not afraid peter said lord if it's you bid me to come now i'm going to say something right now i i know the way i've done this message today is different i've probably not done a good job showing the illustrations and weaving the sermon in with it and if that's the case don't hold my inabilities against the message Jesus called out to Peter and said come the word tells us that Peter stepped out of the boat and he came to Christ brother Brad as he was walking this is important church as he was walking as he was walking on water walking on water a glorious moment for a man just a normal flesh and blood man to be doing what christ was doing but he began to look at the waves and the sea around him the bible says when he's seen the waves and sea around him it, it, it dawned on him what are you doing man and he sank And as he was sinking and going under, he cried out, Lord, help me. The next thing Peter knew was this, the hand of Christ reaching down. And he picked him up out of the water and he saved him. The Bible goes on and it says, when he put him in the boat. Jesus picked him up out of the water and put him back in the boat safe. And then he got on the boat with him. The Bible says that the wind ceased, the waves were calm, and all of the men in the boat were like, wow, what power does this man have? You see, on the Titanic, it was a, a historical truth that was made to build a sermon out of. I mean, there were just so many things that we can draw from that to apply to our lives, especially in the day and age we live in today. From the warnings being prevalent to the people not knowing how to get the lifeboats out. You see, those lifeboats being tied up to the ship, they're nothing more than a representative to how that we we just let the sins of life entangle us and keep us from being free. And you know what? The church, I'm talking to us Pentecostal people now. We've not done a good job, Brother Hunter, of training people to get people saved. We've not done it. We're good at shouting. We're good at, quote, unquote, having church. But sometimes, even for good churches, if we lose focus on saving the doomed then we're no different. The effect of our life is no different than the churches that have not Christ. Come on, somebody. Say, that hurts, preacher. I understand. Hurts kind of like pulling a splinter out, doesn't it? (laughs) The relief will come in a little bit when you do something about it. Because we just are so focused on, man, if we're shouting, if we're running the aisles, if we enjoy our music, if the preacher preaches good, we're doing good. But I think God judges us by a different metrics. I think the Lord wants to see how many people you got getting saved. Amen. I think the Lord wants to see how many people that are bound up in, in, in different things, alcoholism, drug abuse, whatever, get set free. In your altars. I don't think God really puts a lot of stars on our report card for how great our worship is. Other than the part of the worship that changes us. And when it changes us, it will cause us to be willing to go out and to fulfill his great commission. John Harper, a man that I've never met, none of us have ever met. John Harper in his dying moments, spent his last opportunity in life to get somebody else saved. I'm here to tell you this morning, and I'm getting ready to close. I'm here to tell you this morning that the Lord is reaching out, and he's desiring to get somebody saved. He's reaching out just like Just like he did to Peter when Peter was drowning, he reached down into the water. He wants to reach into your life right now and pull you up. He wants to, and I know I'm not just talking to those who are in the house today. There's those watching by Facebook, hopefully. And and I'm saying that the Lord wants to reach into our lives as we're sinking and pull us up. And sometimes those that are sinking aren't just out-and-out sinners, Brother McCullough. Sometimes they're people who have been serving God, but we've allowed the cares and the concerns and the things of the world to get us to the place that we're no longer walking in that power, Brother Ride, We're no longer walking in that victory. We're just alive, and we're about to go under. Any Christians ever felt like you was about to go under? I'm raising my hand, not just as, a, as an example. I'm literally raising my hand telling you, there's times that as a servant of the Most High, I felt like I'm going under. And then the Lord would reach out and pull me up. I'm going to tell you today, that irregardless of how good or bad I did in this message, I want you to understand you have a heavenly Father. Number one, he wants to save you. Number two, he wants to keep you saved. And number three, he wants to lead you in his will so that you can have a life full of victory and glory. And he wants you to take this message and this truth to as many people as you can. Amen. I'm done. I got a lot of stuff floating in my mind now, but I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to hush, so I'm going to quit amen is this okay this morning hallelujah let's all stand together in this house if you would amen hallelujah hallelujah father right now i thank you lord for giving me the opportunity. I feel like I failed you today, but Father, I've stepped into this place to be obedient and to follow you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the word, the truth of this word will not be lost on anyone that was here, but that you would bind this word to us all. Ola la kasatai. That, Lord, you would not let any of it be lost. Let it be for us a a wake-up, a stirring to you, God. That, Lord, we will right now examine ourselves, irregardless of how good we think we're doing, we would examine ourselves before you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that, Lord, as we do that, you will show us what we need. You will show me what I need, God. And you will lead us by your loving hand. I pray, God, we would be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That we would see the dangers of the day and the age and the world that we're in right now. We will take Lord God from this message and we will live and we will learn and we will grow and we will not allow ourselves to be drawn into this judgment that's coming but Father we will stand before you made ready and serving you in fullness. Fathers we get ready to come into these altars and pray I believe God and I'm seeking right now For the power of your spirit to be upon each and every person in this house. That when we come and kneel before you, we're going to find you right there. And you're going to speak to us exactly on what we are having need of right now. Right now, Lord. In Jesus' name.